had a great Christmas. Anybody get any clothes for Christmas? Anybody get any clothes? Anybody wearing them today? A few. Now, a little, little survey here. I was rather pleased because I got seven pairs of socks for Christmas. I like that. I was rather pleased. Just a little survey here. How many people like getting socks for Christmas? Ah, not a, okay, the 9.15 was about 80% said they like getting socks. So not as many at 11 o'clock. I think it's one of the best presents you can get. So I, I love it. I like that feeling of new socks going on. Anybody else like that? No, okay. Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. <laughs> lots, of, lots, lots, of, lots of toys to play with. Lots of uh, uh, things to enjoy. And of course, uh, family and friends around. Always a great thing. I want to illustrate this morning's reading in two different ways. Um, and I'd like to do that at the beginning. So the first is I'm going to illustrate it with a film. And then I'll explain it a bit later. And then I want to illustrate it in another way. So, so first we're going to watch a film for seven minutes. Now, uh, I went to buy this yesterday thinking, no problem. DVD, you can buy DVDs. I went up to Ealing Broadway, nowhere sells DVDs anymore. Have you ever tried to buy a DVD recently, but not on Amazon? It's very difficult to get. So then I thought, I know, go to West Ealing, went to Blockbuster, went in and said, I looked all around, so many DVDs in there, and they're all Blu-ray. I was thinking, well, that's no good, is it? Because nothing works with Blu-ray in our home or church. So I then went to the lady and I said, I'd like to buy the DVD of Beauty and the Beast. And she said, oh no, that's been out of production for years. I said, no, it hasn't. It's a Disney, current Disney one. She said, no, sir, sorry. Do you know, they only release the Disney DVDs for a, a, about three months at a time and then they take them off sale again. Did you know that? How many people knew that? Oh, quite a few of you knew it. Yeah. I had no idea. So they do that, and then they take them off, and then they'll release them again for another three months. And they don't. That's how they make their money. It's very clever. But anyway, got a little clip today from Beauty and the Beast, kind, kind uh, gift of YouTube that we'll watch. It's just the ending, and the point is here, there's a transformation that goes on. So sit back and enjoy for seven minutes.
a beast? Did you honestly think she'd want you when she had someone like me? I came back. I couldn't let them. Oh, this is all my fault. If only I'd gotten here sooner. Maybe. It's better. It's better this way. Don't talk like that. You'll be all right. <coughs> We're together now. Everything's going to be fine, you'll see. And at least I got to see you one last time. Thank <laughs> you. 
it is you. Stop it somewhere. Now, next illustration. Next illustration. I need um, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer to come up. Everybody looks very nervously at me when I say that. I promise it will be okay. So I just need a volunteer to come up who'd like... A Jess, my daughter, will you come up, darling? Oh, she goes, oh no, I can see her rolling her eyes. Here we go. Now I know you like a cup of tea. I didn't make you a cup of tea today, did I? No. Would you like a biscuit? No? You don't want a biscuit, okay. Here we go. So I make my wife and my daughter a cup of tea each morning, but this morning I didn't because they were still asleep when I went out. So I'll pour you a cup of tea. Here you are. Here's a cup of tea for you. Did you sleep well? You did. Good. That's really good. Okay. There. How's that? A bit more milk. Okay. Here we go. How's that? Is that okay? Does that look all right? How's that? Nice. Oh, I've washed too much milk out. Do you think it's drinkable? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't carry that. I think you might spill it. Should we leave it there for now? Okay, I think we'll leave it there for now, darling. That's it. That's it. She was very nervous then. I don't know why. I don't know why. Okay, two illustrations. Beauty and the Beast, there was something internal that was yet to be seen externally. I'm going to come to that at the end. Second illustration was that the cup is full to overflowing. It's already full. In our gospel reading this morning, this is what's happened. Jesus encounters a group of people who are just like my cup of tea. They're called Pharisees and Sadducees and teachers of the law. You could call them anything from anywhere, really. But they come and encounter Jesus. And if they were ever to learn anything from him, they would have to make room in their hearts to know to receive what he was going to teach. But for them, there was no room. Their cups were already full. They thought 
they already knew everything. They already knew everything they needed to know. Does anybody know anybody like that in life? Anybody know any teenagers? You'll know that happens. We know everything. We've got nothing to learn. You can't tell me anything. But actually, actually, that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were like. We know about God. We know everything there is to know about God. We, need, we know everything that we need to know in life. What's happening here is Jesus is in Galilee and these Pharisees and scribes, they've made a trip down from Jerusalem because of him. They've already, they've already decided that they are in a conspiracy to do away with him, to kill him. That's, that we know that from chapter 3. And it will be in, of course, Jerusalem that he's put to death. So it seems particularly ominous that these people have come from Jerusalem to meet with Jesus. Do they look for some teaching that will guide them to live a better life? Do they seek some word of encouragement from him? No, they don't. What they do, because they think they know it all, what they do is they come to find fault because their cup's already full. They come to find fault with him. In fact, they lack the nerve to confront Jesus directly. So in our reading, they confront the disciples. They say to the disciples, before you ate your food, you didn't prepare yourself properly. You didn't ceremonially wash your hands. That's not, that's not about washing your hands for tea. Do we all, all the children here, you all wash your hands before you eat, don't you? Does there anybody who doesn't always wash their hands before they eat? No, we all do it. That's what we have to do. Oh, there are a few hands up there that don't wash their hands before tea. You're supposed to wash your hands before tea. That's what you've got to do. Well, these, this, this wasn't about washing their hands to get their hands clean. This is about washing their hands to ceremonially, to give a picture of washing away the impurities, the things of life, the things that they might have touched that make them impure, so that when they eat, everything that goes in is seen to be good because they use their hands for eating. But Jesus said that that wasn't a good thing. They, they're criticized for not obeying the law. But Jesus said it's not about what's on the outside. These scribes and Pharisees who gather around Jesus uh, ask why his disciples have failed to keep the traditions and, and Jesus says it's not about that. It's not about them trying to keep the laws that you've made. And then he teaches a very important thing to those who've got full cups already, those who think they know it all. He says, it's not about that. Make room to learn in your life. He recognizes that they're not simply a nuisance, but these teachers and Pharisees, they're examples of a spiritual danger that can threaten any of us. So he calls together the crowd of people so that they can hear his warning. And he says this, he says, look out, look out, he says, because purity is not a matter of just keeping external rules. It's not about what's on the outside all the time. Righteousness is not simply about how you behave 
when someone is watching. He said, what really matters is what's on the inside. So over Christmas, some of you will have got things like this. You'll have got lovely presents. Did you get anybody get some of these? What, the packaging isn't that important. What's important are the socks on the inside. That's what's important. You're not going to wear the packaging. You'd look a bit foolish walking around with this all year, wouldn't you? But you don't look silly wearing the socks that are inside. There'd be a lot of socks in this package, wouldn't there? That'd be terribly exciting to open. So what the packaging, the outside, isn't so important. He says, what's important is what's on the inside. So I don't know if any of you got any of these over Christmas. We open up, we open up our letters, don't we? And the outside is the envelope. When we get the envelope we throw it away. We don't put the envelope on our mantelpiece to look at. That's just the outside. We're not interested in the outside. What we're interested in is the inside. Inside is what carries the message. Inside, this is to everyone at St Paul's actually, inside is what carries the message. Inside is what sends the love. Inside is what, is, is, is what we want to get to. The same is true of everything. The outside of a banana is just the skin. We discard that, don't we? We want to get to the inside. The outside of a satsuma we discard because we want to get to the inside. Our film clip from Beauty and the Beast, outside wasn't very marvellous. But inside was hidden a person yet to be released. What was on the inside is what counts. What, what, what counts is what's inside. And Jesus says this is a really important lesson. He said, what goes on in your heart? Your heart is key to life. The heart is where the problem lies. Our hearts are often full, often too full, full of our own opinions, full of things that... that that we think we know, we know it all. It's okay, we don't need to learn any more lessons. And Jesus says, no, there's stuff in your heart that shouldn't be there. And he lists some of that stuff. And he says there's evil intentions and theft and murder and adultery and wickedness and deceit and envy and slander and pride and folly. And like my teacup, our heart overflows by what they hold, but what they hold are not simply uh, our own opinions and speculations, but things that can prove lethal to us. And Jesus says, get rid of the stuff that fills your heart that's not good and replace it with the stuff that is good. Paul says this in uh, the letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12 to 17. He says, he says, put on, when you get up in the morning, it's like, Put on, dress yourself for God. He says, put on mercy and gentleness and loving kindness and humility. Put on the things that represent God. Fill your heart first thing in the morning with the things of God that throughout the day we would reflect God. Put on the things of God so that we fill our hearts with good things. We live in a society that 
bombards us with messages about what's good for us and what makes it all worthwhile living. And often it's about consuming more or having more or whatever it might be. But actually, it's not about that. What it's about is about getting our hearts right. And if we have our hearts right, our relationships become right. In fact, that letter to the Colossians says, when we put on these things, when we fill our hearts with good things, when we reflect love and gentleness and mercy and generosity and kindness and forgiveness, when we reflect that, it says then in everything that we do, in all our relationships, in all our friendships, in everything that there is about life, there's a peace. That's what it says. Peace comes into our relationships. When things are distraught in our in lives, when things fall apart in our lives, it's not because the lawnmower is broken or your best dress got torn or your favourite tie got coffee down it. That might be a, a sadness, but it's not destruction. What's destruction is when relationships don't work. And Jesus says it's all about the heart, getting our hearts right, and letting our hearts be full of the things of God. So he says, he says, get rid of those things that overflow your cup, that fill your cup, and let your cup be full of the things of our Heavenly Father. Like, like the passage to Colossians says, we've got to put these things on. And, uh, 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 and, and we have to put them on on a daily basis. And I'd like us to pray today, I'd like us to pray as we go into 2013, I know it's not quite yet, we've got at least 48 hours, but as we go into 2013, that we commit to filling our hearts with good things on a daily basis. Filling our hearts with the things of God, that out of us would flow the things of God. It's said, isn't it, that that Christians are much like tea bags. When you put them in hot water, you see what's on the inside because it all flows out. Wouldn't it be great if in every situation, in every context, in everything that happened to us, that what comes out of us is the things of God? Out of our mouths, through our actions, through our eyes, through our ears, that when we speak, when we act, when we listen, when we interact, that there's something of us that people would say, There's a heart there that's filled with the good things of God. And that we, like Paul, would choose on a daily basis to put on the things that the Lord asks us to put on, that we would represent God, represent him to others in everything that we do. And you know, there's no greater time than at the beginning of a year. I know people might make New Year's resolutions. I don't know what they might be. I'm going to make a resolution perhaps to eat less chocolate or you know, run more or whatever it might be. You can make all of those you like. doesn't matter. Make as many as you like. But wouldn't it be great to make a resolution? I'm going to seek to reflect God on a daily basis in everything I say and do. That what's on the inside would flow to the outside. Let's stand together, shall we? Father, I want to thank you for your goodness and your grace to us. And Lord, 
We've all got hearts that need to be made right with you. And we invite your spirit to come now. To come and speak to us and through us. That we would have hearts that reflect you. That out of our hearts would come gentleness and humility and generosity and grace. That we would speak of and live forgiveness and hope and help to one another. And that throughout 2013, our lives, our words, our actions in every way would reflect and represent you. So take us, Lord, and empty us of those things that shouldn't be there and fill us with those things that should be there.